Hey, you got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you with holes in your socks. Us city slickers, there was no water in spots, so we'd head to the corner. Mr. Warner would not. What is up? Welcome, 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 all my do dadders, future fathers, potential parents, and everyone else tuning in. This is Dad Hard with a podcast, and as always, I am your host, Mo Green. Happy quarantine, because we're still in it, but hopefully there is light on the other side of the tunnel, finally. Um, But that said, for those that are tuning in for the first time, I am your host, Mo Green, and I am just a dad that's talking to other dads to try to help us all become the best dads that we can be. And this week is no different, and matter of fact, may be the most phenomenal, well-rounded, and emotional, especially for me, at least, most emotional conversation that I have had to date on the podcast. And for that reason, we are going to be going into a full guest episode. I was toying around with with the idea of you know, doing my usual episode where we're talking about my daughter's development and then music break and then going into the, the, the guest segment. But after listening back to this conversation uh, for this week, I decided that it was just more important and more powerful of a conversation to let it sit in the air by itself. So what I'm going to do instead is next week, I'm going to drop a double dose. Um, I do feel that I have been slacking a little bit on the developmental conversation. So next week, my daughter will officially be 18 months or she will have finished her 18 month going into month 19. So the year and a half is done. Uh, There's a lot of development stuff that's a little bit more deep dive worthy uh, to go into there, including but not limited to the starting of potty training, uh, and that's a huge one. So I'll be devoting a full solo episode next week to this last 18 months of fatherhood wrapped in one. Uh, and then as well, I will have a full regular episode coming later in the week. Um, and that guest is actually a pretty cool one that's doing some really interesting stuff. So um, with that said, this week, We're just going to jump directly into the guest segment of the show. Uh, And for this guest segment, I am welcoming a phenomenal, phenomenal human being whose story uh, of his life, of his fatherhood experience, marriage experience is just so unbelievably incredible. I am honored and blessed to be able to consider this guy one of my closest friends. Uh, So with no further ado, we will jump into the guest segment of the show where my guest is a longtime friend of mine. He's a former combat medic. He is a military man still to this day. He was adopted from Colombia to a family here 
in the United States. Uh, he is now married and has adopted his wife's daughter before having two of his own and currently still, like I said, a military man doing the selfless thing of running a military COVID clinic in Texas where obviously cases are skyrocketing through the roof. Uh, he's just a phenomenal human being and I'm so blessed and honored to have this conversation. It is definitely one of the best that has ever been on Dad Hard with a podcast. So with no further ado, I welcome my guest this week, Mr. David Levine. So until this moment right now, we have not spoken in about seven, eight years since his wife's baby shower with his first son. Uh, so it is so awesome that I was able to re- that we were able to reconnect. I'm so pumped to have you on, man. Like looking at you right now, I'm just like, this is the most amazing thing ever. What is going on, man? So uh, let's preface that with. Uh... Yeah, it has been a couple of years, um, and I am in the military. And I will say that military life is a—it's kind of hard uh, when it comes to kind of keeping in touch, or it might not be, but I make it hard. So, <laughs> um, you know, kind of kind of keeping you know the guys that I grew up with, it, their lives are so different. Yeah. Once I did military, like we just separated. Yeah. You know, our lives went totally different ways. But then every time we get together, whether it's, you know, New York City or, you know, the the suburbs, like, we didn't, we didn't skip a beat. That's and absolutely fact. Back, back where we started. Yeah, it's very yeah. true. Which is awesome. So, like, you know, we're not, you and I were actually talking about starting this again. I, I mentioned it that, you know, there's no, uh, there's no, nothing lost there. No, that's fact. You know, we're just catching up. And then, who knows, if I deploy again. Then we'll catch up again yeah. after that. Like, it's just the way that life works. Yeah, man. How that deploying life since you since you just brought it up. Just in general, it's always been such a crazy thing for me to think about, especially in regards to you, because you and I were so close when you started getting deployed out and when you joined and everything like that. And I was always thinking about you, always just nervous that something was going to happen, especially because you were a combat medic. So, like, you were having to, like, run into the shit of everything and, like, save people's lives, like the true freaking hero that you are. Um, But... how is that, like, what was that just like growing up in your adult years, like, with that being deployed, not being deployed, coming back, you know what I mean, bouncing all over the place? Like, that must have been a complete mind fuck for you just in general. Um, Actually, I will tell you that even now, I would love to be deployed. Really? And, and it's, okay, so when I was a single soldier, right, and I was, you know, how old was I when I joined, like, 21? My first deployment was a very combat-heavy deployment. Yeah. Uh, we had firefights. We had bombs. We had a lot of rockets, you know, uh, all the air. It was kind of like a movie. Yeah. It was a very scary, different movie. But I lived for it. Yeah. I became a completely different person. Um, I didn't really involve my life outside of the military, meaning... Anybody that I grew up with or, you know, the town of Chabuqua, which is not very military heavy. Um, and uh, I didn't even tell my mom what I did, really. I told my parents that I 
worked on a post in in the clinic. Yeah. Uh, let alone, you know, tell them what I actually did. For sure. But for me, I loved it for two reasons. Uh, the first reason is you're helping people that actually needed help. And as you remember, before the Army, I was a medic, I was yep. an EMT. Yep. Even in hype, yep. we go to help. I'm the one with the flag car in uniform. Yep. And, you know, people goes off and like, ah, bye, let's go, you know, let's go see a car crash. Or let's, you know, put somebody's arm... <laughs> Oh, it's just that thing. Um, and then the other thing, it's, yeah, you know, you're helping people that need it, but then also I'm actually doing the job that I signed up to do. Sure. And you get that often in the military. You know, everybody thinks that, you know, you join the military, you're doing this job. If, you know, if you're infantry, you're always fighting. If you're, you know, medic, you're always in trouble. No. Like, garrison life, like living back in the States post, there's training and then there's, everyday nine to five life, which is not sexy at all. <laughs> and, and then you're doing, you know, the monotonous uh, admin stuff or, yeah. you know, you're, uh, especially younger, I was in a mortar pool taking care of trucks because there's no trauma. Yeah. So, the, it, you know, do hip pocket training or, you know, go to the mortar pool and look after the Humvees. And you can only check the Humvees so many times. You know, we, <laughs> like it's, but, a lot of the army is uh we're gonna find something for you to do if you are bored yeah but again the deployment stuff that uh, back to that um i loved it a single soldier i always wanted to do it um and it was because a i had a purpose that you know every morning every day you wake up it is a purpose yeah and you can talk about god and country and all that stuff but it had nothing to do with that anymore right um once you get into combat, it's literally surviving. And then the people you share that experience with, the people you share uh, that environment with, it becomes your Afghanistan became our home. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know, even if I was on convoy for, you know, 16 hours, the different uh, FOBs, uh, forward operating bases that we visited, that became your home. And, you know, the people you just traveled, in a very, it's a slow-moving convoy of 16 hours, right? Jesus. But the entire time you are tense. Of course. Because anything can happen. Yeah. You know, uh, 15 months is a long time, man. By the end of 15 months, you could get a little laxadaisical, but then, boom, something blows up or somebody gets, a, you know, shot at, rockets, whatever, and then you are back to, you know, vigilance and, you know, uh, just tense. But you know what you're doing. Yeah. And that's, I loved it. Yeah. Th I don't get that growing up. <laughs> no, 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 dude, for sure. <laughs> that, that feeling of like always having to be on the ball is like, is something that's so crazy to me. And I never actually thought about that, like thought about it in that capacity with, with what you do or, or just military guys and soldiers in general. But that like tense feeling and knowing that like every decision you make almost, right, could be life or death, you know, could be life or death, theoretically, you know? <laughs> It's very different. So uh, a lot of the Army, a large percentage of the Army, A, right now, hasn't deployed. B, let alone ever been in a firefight and won't sure. ever get, um, you know, a lot of the supporting elements are on larger outposts or larger uh, bases that, you know, have coffee green or coffee beans or 
Um, they have a McDonald's, not, not a McDonald's. What do they have over there? They had a like Pizza Hut and stuff like that. But they have these comforts of home. Yeah. But they don't go outside the wire. They don't, you know, see the kind of um, different aspects of the war. Their part of the war is support. Sure. And that is absolutely okay. Um, in other places, it's a uh, yeah. You're gonna see some combat. Yeah. And. A lot of the army doesn't. Sure. Uh, so with that being said, like my first deployment, very combat heavy. My second deployment, not so much. But I also gained rank. So I was more of a supervisory role. Gotcha. So you're not, you know, one of the um, higher ranking in a truck to go on a convoy. That's what you have younger soldiers for. Sure. Which sure. I always hate. That, that's because that's you wanted to be in the mix. Get me off of this base. Yeah. Yeah. And we say, you know, the bigger the base is, the closer you are to the flagpole, which means uh, the closer you are to the rules, regulations, the customs curse. You have to salute all the time, uh, wear your uniform a certain way. Oh, the farther away, you like, if you're in the mountains in the middle of the Indian You can do whatever the fuck you want. You're in a firefight, you're wearing your body armor with flip-flops. And, Jeez. you know, uh, boxers, if you just got woken up like that. That's just the way it is. Jeez um, Louise. And it's just, uh, again, uh, back then, that first deployment, I was a very different person. Sure. Single, didn't care about anything. Um, just wanted to do whatever I could get into. Sure. That rush. Yeah. Or years later. Oh, it is a very different thing when you deploy with a family. So how is that? So that that's that's exactly what I what I was about to get into, and you beat me to the punch on that one. What was what was that like? Did you ever have to deploy with once you were married, once you had kids, etc.? And if so, like how how was that experience versus the other? And how that must have been even bigger. That must have actually been a mindfuck. Yeah, it was, and it was. Uh, you there's a couple of things you learn that you you have to learn uh, in order for it to succeed. Because I don't know whether you know this a lot, but uh, military and marriage and <laughs> succession rates is it's not very high, depending on you know your age, rank, and you know. I can imagine. So my wife and I actually got married in August 2011. Um, I was in Hawaii. She just moved to Hawaii from here, actually, uh, Texas, and that was the whole thing. We were she's going to move there. I'm, I live there. We're going to get married. Did that. That was August. September, I get call or I get orders. You're deploying in five months. Oh my god! So, mind you, my wife and I never lived together before here. Oh shit! I lived together. Um, we dated when she was in Texas or in Afghanistan. While I was in Hawaii and Kuwait, Iraq, I was in whatever country, and we had a very long distance relationship for about. By two years. Wow. So every time we, you know, when we do have leave, we go, you know, I either go to Texas or she went to Hawaii once or we go to New York. And that was, you know, where we had our, I guess, um, only real times were physically in the same spot. Sure. So my wife also had a daughter from a previous marriage. Um. So with that amount of time that I spent with my wife, even less time spent with my daughter. Right. 
So now we finally, you know, planned great. It's going to move to Hawaii. We got married. Great. We're going to start a life. Nope. Army says, you're about to deploy. I'm like, damn. So, you know, and, and my daughter is resilient as hell from a very early age because my wife is in the military too. Sure. 12 years as a medic. She's deployed. Um, she had to go to training. She had to do all this other stuff. So, you know, my daughter was uh, taken care of by her grandparents. Um, and then she moved, I think, probably four or five times before she moved to Hawaii to see me. Jeez. So she knows that life, you know, by the age of four or five, she knows it. Uh, so now we got married. We're about to start our family. But now we have five months to build that family. Yeah. But in that five months, you're also going to be gone for a couple of weeks training to deploy. So, you know, the five months became really maybe three months. Right. Physically together. Um, and trying to build a relationship with my wife was easy. She knew the life. She experienced the life. Trying to build a relationship with my daughter was a lot harder because I, in my mind, I knew it was about to be cut off. Yeah. And, you know, part of me was a little reserved, but then... I got over that quickly. I was like, no, I can't be reserved. I can't hesitate. Like, she will be my daughter. And um, reason, one of the very reasons I married my wife is because of her daughter. Yeah. Uh, um, and I deployed knowing that everything I could do in five months, I did in five months. And I was never known as, you know, the stepdad. You know, uh, when we were dating, I was Mr. Mr. David. I love the Mr. David. That's amazing. And then once we got married, it was that. Wow. It was, and that was perfect for me. Yeah. Um, and that's what she wanted. So it it, it was as strong as we could get. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, when we deployed, it was really about FaceTime. Uh, not Face. We didn't have FaceTime back then. It was a uh, Skype or Skype. you know. Me- or um, you know, back when they used to write letters by hand. Oh my god! Uh, emails, and you know, the, the ability to get emails sometimes was cut off. If you know a significant event happened, then you go black, which means no communications out. Oh my you know, god! Because you know, let's say a service member died, nobody could talk about it until the family is known about it, and then they gotcha. open up communication. Gotcha. It's a way to kind of like. Uh, um, control the communication in and out and making sure that people aren't told the wrong things. Sure. So in that, my relationship was really built over Skype calls. Wow. Um, but, you know, five-year-old, how much attention do you think a five-year-old has over Skype? You know, I come here to see daddy, blah, blah, blah. I have this grainy video, you know, I'm in Afghanistan they're in Hawaii. Wi-Fi's like, like cutting in and out all right. over the place. Okay, honey, what are you doing? How's school? Great. Okay, bye. Go play. But that was a relationship that built where we are now. Yeah. So that I was there no matter what. Like, yeah, I'm thousands, thousands of miles away, but I'm there. Yeah. Um. And she must and have, then, she must have appreciated that so much to just have you want to be there. 
You know what I mean? Because like, listen, I like, I know you as a person, like you are one of the most loving people that I've ever, that I've ever known. You know what I mean? That's why we're, we're, we've always been so close and vibe so well with each other. Um, she must've just appreciated that so much that you made the time, even at five years old, where she probably didn't actually really understand exactly what was going on. I'm sure she appreciated that, especially because you were filling that, you know, that, 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 dad role not the stepdad role but like you said you were filling the dad role and that must have just meant a lot to her and the important thing is that i'm coming back yes that that's the a lot of um i guess military is is the point that i am coming back yeah you know and i'm not talking about like you know death i said i'm coming back to be your dad sure right you didn't get the it's not the normal family it's not the normal relationship that you know one thinks about sure but this is our normal yeah and i will so um yeah me and kendall had you know it was definitely harder because she was definitely more of a mama's girl because mom raised her you know grandparents raised her that's what she knew so me yes i'm a stranger um i'm also dad but i'm also yeah very much still a stranger right Uh, so you know that that relationship was a lot harder to um, kind of gain in the trust and the love than what years later my wife would say, when it happens, you will know when my son was born. So is that, is that what you, well, so I was going to, I was going to actually ask you since you mentioned it, was there like a specific point where your relationship with your daughter just like flipped over and it was just like full blown she's all the way in. I mean, obviously you were all the way in, but was there like a moment where that relationship just flipped over and like the switch was turned on? And I think it was, um, when we moved from Hawaii, Interesting, because we decided to, uh, PCS, which means, um, move our station, you know, uh, move our post that we were stationed at from Hawaii. Uh, I, I love Hawaii. I mean, but I my, can imagine uh, one would, it, out of the military in Hawaii. So now something she's been used to for 12 years. Now you're out. You don't have family there. You don't have, you know, uh, more of a support system. Sure. Uh, so she started going to school. But we wanted to have stability. You know, there, our life together in the last, you know, what would have been 18 months was moving. Yeah. Or, you know, training or moving or boxes. Um, so it was... We're going to move stateside, well, you know, the mainland. Sure. And my next job was not going to be combat arms. It was going to be a more of a clinic job or a hospital job. And that's what we wanted was stability. Sure. Not only, you know, uh, Kendall, my daughter and I and my wife, but also we knew we wanted to have children. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we tried. And it was very difficult for us. Uh, we had... Um, a few miscarriages, one very uh, dangerous one. Jesus. And we had to go through a lot to get Logan, which is, you know, our miracle baby. Yeah. Um, and that was not going to happen in Hawaii. Not going to happen and when I'm in a unit that deploys every other year. Jeez. Or if I'm training, you know, uh, three out of 12 months, four out of 12 months of the year. Um, and really we wanted... Uh, Kendall, our daughter, to see that it can be stable. 
Because yeah. our whole life at this point has been moving different states, different bases, uh, or deployments, or seeing people come come and go out of her life. And this is a, a very young girl that, um, you know, the her father was no longer in her life, and she's probably used to it. Yeah, that because I'm adopted, right? And I went through foster homes or orphanages, and I was used to it, right? So that was one of the biggest things that her and I connected, even when she was a young age. It was like I understand, you know, and even more so kind of now when she's a teenager, um, teenage girls, by the way, just <laughs> prepare yourself, bro. <laughs> oh, I told you before we started recording, it's literally my worst nightmare. I say it on this pod all the time. Her getting to that teenage age is like going to be the bait of my existence. You know what makes it worse though? Social media, phones, everything. Uh, yeah. Oh. I can only, I can't, I can't even imagine we, we didn't have that when we were growing up, right? Like we didn't have to worry about like what people were saying about us on the, like on the internet, you know what I mean? Like what, like our friends were talking about us on Facebook, you know? Yeah. There was no bullying. There was no pressure like that. Like, well, there was bullying, but it was in real life. You know what I mean? Like you're bullying somebody to their freaking face, not yeah. over a fucking Facebook chat. You get over it right. <laughs> or you just, or you handle it. And like for us, we just hung out in my basement, ate pizza rolls, and played video games. That's like, fast. Um, but uh, so like right now, it's like you know there is a lot of stuff going on in the world that um, we, her and I, can connect on that. Um, like her and her brothers can't, or her right. and her mom can't. Interesting. And is from, you know, um, she's black, so you know this year especially. Yep. Everything that we've talked about was. It, you know, not to get political, but it was, you know, raising a black daughter. Sure. And I was a Hispanic male in a town that was very, very heavily, uh, what's the word? No, um, not, not Hispanic. <laughs> and if they were, they were all Jewish. So. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. So, so talk to me, talk to me a little bit about, about that. Was that... I mean, I know you said that was a big connection point, but like, have you, did you and her talk, have you guys had like in-depth conversations about the adoption thing and your background about getting, like you said, getting used to people being in and out or being in and out of situations, situations changing the same way that, that she was. Have you guys had like, at, like full in-depth conversations about the connection there, the similarities there? Yeah, and then one of the things is, you know, with me, I'm not a very open person as is. That's true. With her, it was, I opened up to her early on. Um, uh, not the scary parts, but like the the fact of, yeah, you know, I didn't have a mommy and daddy growing up. Yeah. And to her, she, she understood not having a, maybe a daddy there, but not having one, like, what did you do? Like, yeah. It was all like, you know, fairy tale, Disney movie type thing. Um, and, and just explaining that to her and then explaining to her, you know, grandma and grandpa, you know, my parents, you know, adopted me. And she thought it was the coolest thing. Like, she never saw my parents who, you know, are white, never saw them as white. Yeah. She saw them as your parents. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that for me was, you know, incredibly important because my parents, as you know, are, and taught me 
and that's just part of how I have my family now is accept and love everybody. Yeah. You know, my parents are adopted two Colombian boys that have been thrown around orphanages and foster homes for years, and they decided to keep them together because they're brothers. Yeah. You know, and then I always valued that. And, you know, they never pushed the religion on me. They never pushed anything on me. And they let me choose everything. Yeah. But even when I chose the Army, they were disappointed, definitely, because I was in college. But they came around and they were just proud. Yeah. And that's all I do ever since was make them proud. Yeah. So having a family, the acceptance of, yeah, it's a blended family. You don't see that, though. Right. Or it's a military family. You can't see that, though. Um, until, you know, it does get pointed out, like if we go back to New York and visit, just how different our lives are, Yeah. but just how, uh, humble, I guess we are to have it and how accepting she is of people that don't, you know, she understands that other people's families are not like ours. Which is, which is important. You know, that, that's something, that's something I feel like that we don't. Not not we. I, I mean, I can't say that for myself, but I feel like like as as a society, we we don't talk about that enough. You know what I mean? Everybody is just, like, people teach their kids, and and kids are just taught that that what you have and what your family is is just what everybody else's family is. So when you walk into a different place or a different style of family, it's like a complete freaking shock effect you know what i mean that goes on it's really important to to have these differences in families number one i think that's just super important across the board but it's super important to instill that in 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 our kids and let them know that not everybody is the same like your situation is not going to be what sally's situation is not going to be what andrew's situation is not going to be what mark you know it's super important and it's fantastic that you're able to do that with her you know, what I, mean? I mean, I mean, do that with your boys, obviously, also. Yeah, and and the thing, is, like, uh, you know, growing up, and I always called it a bubble. Well, you know? it, it was, was a bubble up, up there. I went from rags and a very violent uh, time in Colombia to you know, kind of rise to riches of growing up in an affluent town, and um, but to me, I always felt like I lived in a bubble. Yeah, and and to I couldn't really show a lot of. Uh, especially my friends growing up or families growing up, what life I did have because it's it's so foreign to them. Yeah. So That's one true. of the things like with me and my daughter was and my and my boys is we need to bust that bubble early. Especially because we're a blended family. Yeah. And especially because we move around all over all over the, the country. Um I growing up would never have, you know, a, a friend from Alabama, Louisiana can't understand half what he's saying <laughs> but the dude is like you know oh, I'm a best friend like it's yeah. it's that like uh, you're gonna get ex- it's more exposure yeah you want as much exposure but with that exposure acceptance you don't you, you can't have these these walls built because you just never know yeah how do you go about how what types of things do you go about doing that with them so obviously there's the moving around part so they're just exposed to more things than your quote-unquote average kid in general but like are you making specific 
I guess like like teaching them specific lessons or or instilling like making a specific effort to instill that type of mindset into them. Um, not so much like it's a push. It's more of a let it come to you, and the questions will be asked. Gotcha. And and then you explain like uh, uh, again the skin color. I right. am tan. I'm with my boys. You know they're half Colombian, half white. They're on the white side. Yeah. My daughter but, too. And then it's a it's a matter of uh, when it comes up, whether it's uh, locally, internationally, in the news, things like that. The questions come up. What's been the and hardest? That, what's been the hardest question she's thrown at you about that? Uh, not to get political, but Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And it was a matter of, uh, you know, uh, she was upset one time because somebody in her school um, flaunting Blue Lives Matter. Oh man. I was like, well, I understand. And I have to raise my daughter uh, black because regardless if she's half black, half white, the world sees her and will see her. Absolutely. 100%. I've lived it all 35 years of my life. God, you're old. Um, I know. And then that's, that's that's the way it comes up. But mind you, you know, I've worked with law enforcement. I have friends who are in law enforcement. Sure. Yeah, I high school, I drove a car with lights and sirens. Like, it was... And, and to kind of, like, not take away from BLM, but then also kind of give humanity to maybe this child's father as a police officer. Yeah. Maybe this child's father or family comes from a background of law enforcement. Um, so I understand the anger. And, but it's important to open yourself up and not stay angry. Yep. Stay angry things that should make you angry. Yeah. But somebody you don't know with maybe a hat that could be explained if you opened a conversation. That that's something that uh, that we talked about. Wow. That's so that was one of the things. Yeah. That I mean this I mean this year must there must have been so many difficult questions for a fifteen year old to be asking both parents oh, yeah. across the board on this thing. Um that's a great way I mean sorry, let me re, let me step back for a second. It's so fantastic that you have all of that experience in yourself because you're able to have those guiding calm, like, let's find an equilibrium here type of conversations with them because you're not one-sided. You've, like, you've been on both sides of the coin. You've seen the worst of the worst, best of the best on multiple different occasions throughout your entire life. And it's it's awesome that you can... I've been the angry one. What? And I've been the angry one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh... And, and instead of allowing someone to stay or be angry, it's a, yeah, as you said, like, whether or not I wanted them, like, the experiences I had, I hope that my daughter sees, and I know my boys will see. Yeah. Uh, and everyone in our family will experience things differently, but we'll experience it together. Yeah. And as a matter of, you know, your boy, you're my... <laughs> Her brothers will always have her back. They're little dudes, but they're you know they're going they're going swinging. Little little dudes, big hearts, just like daddy. Yeah, but she ain't 
she don't need help. Yeah, I can imagine as such. I can imagine as such. Uh, you, you mentioned this before we started recording, so I'm going to air out your dirty laundry a little bit. How does it feel to be shorter than your daughter? Oh, God. This, this, <laughs> she called me. I was in, I was in, in Germany randomly, right? And I think it's like a nine-hour difference. So it was like, I don't know if it was it's really early in the morning. She called me like, yeah, am I talking to my wife? Like, hey, Daddy, how tall are you? I'm like, first of all, <laughs> Who are, who are you? And I'm like, am I? I know why. I know why she's asking. I'm like, why? Why? Why are you asking that? Because I went to the doctor today, and I'm five five. I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> like she surpassed me when I was in like seventh grade. Okay? I'm going in seventh grade. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm big enough to kick your little butt, little girl. That's amazing. If I if I can't do it, I'll get one of your brothers to do it. <laughs> like, listen, I, if there's one thing I've learned. Well, being short is I never have to do anything. No, you can't reach that. I don't need to. Come here, Kendall. Go get that. Oh man, that's the that's that's the bane of my existence with my wife. Every every two minutes, like babe, can you grab this? Babe, can you get that? Babe, can you get that? Babe, can you get that? On the top, oh, man. What are you for otherwise? Was that? I mean, what are you good for otherwise? That, that, that's playing? fact. That's a fact. That's a very that's a very big fact. Um, is it been different? So so we talked we talked about. Your daughter, your wife's yep. wife's daughter from a, a first marriage. You've officially adopted her now to yes. be, and you've always been, or, or for most of your relationship, you've been dad. Do you find that there is any difference in having her, or 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 you know your relationship with her being your your adopted daughter, not necessarily biological, and the yep. biological connection that you have to your two sons? Do you ever? I, have to say there uh, there is that's interesting um, I mean it doesn't make sense but... Like more, but it's 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 a and my wife as I told you said it before um, she told me when we were um, when I was building my relationship with and then when we were trying to uh, have a baby that when it happens you will know and I'm like nah you know Kendall's my daughter that's it I'm not gonna love anybody more than my mom. And once my son was born, it is just a, a feeling you can't control. Yeah. Because it's the bond you can't control. Yeah. And also, unfortunately, so like when uh, we had Logan, um, my my son, uh, my first son, who was named after Wolverine, he will tell you right away. That's amazing. Uh, he said, um, my wife was in surgery and they kept her. And then my son was uh, premature, so... They had to do uh, weeks, like wow. weeks. Wow. So they do, you know, um, contact. So I was in the um, in the hospital, had my shirt off, and then they hand me the baby, tiny little thing that I just had to hold to my chest, and boom, there it is. Yeah, of course, that, that first. And, and exactly, as she said, when it happens, you will know. Yeah. Yeah. And Kendall was next to me, and it was like, yeah. Like, there's, you know, it's like, uh, I don't need you anymore. It's not like that. It's more of a, here's this little dude just like, and especially for, as you know, being adopted, not having anyone in my bloodline except for my brother. Right. I, growing up, did not think I'd get to that point. Yeah. That's what and it, crazy. And it did. Yeah. And that must have been, that must have felt so, phenom- I mean, 
it's always phenomenal, right? But like, I feel like for just knowing you, I am like seeing the overwhelming amount of emotion that was probably coming over you at that point because, I, huh? It was fear and it was everything else. That of came course. Yeah. No, no, but of course, but, but that's, that's a great point that you bring up about not having anybody else in your bloodline. This is now somebody that you will forever finally, like not finally, like it's a big thing necessarily, but like that you'll finally have this blood connection to other than Leonard, your brother, you know what I mean? That must've been, I mean, it must've just been like an, an insane, it, it, out of body, total experience and, and stuff like that. Like I'm so happy that it, you got that. Surreal. And it was, you know, and then telling my brother, he was happy. Like it was, it, at that time, completed our family. Yeah. I had who um, I loved, you know, when me and mom were still dating. And funny story about Kendall. The first time I ever came to her house, never met the girl, right? And I was coming over to Molly's house, my wife, well, my friend back then. We weren't even dating. Wow. And it'd be, it, it was a, uh, we're studying for a board for the army. You have to go through a board to get promoted. So I go to their house and we're going to help study. And then this little girl walks, runs downstairs from, and then she just looks at me like, Daddy? I'm like, what? Like, David? You mean David? Never met her before in my life. Calls me Daddy the first time. Wow. It was just, you know, and my wife and I talk about it. I was like, yeah, it was just always going to happen. Did, so. did, do you think she just knew at in that moment that, like, do you think just she just innately knew that that you were going to stick and that was going to be your relationship with her forever? God no. You don't think she, <laughs> you, don't, you don't think she knew that? No, not at all. Because I wasn't I wasn't even. That was just the first time I met her, and I met her for like, you know, eight minutes. I'm like, no, my name's David, and then she went back upstairs and played on, you know, watched Disney or something. But bringing it up, like, yeah, it's a. Uh, it was a crazy thing to hear, and then years later, yeah. I'm do you dead. think? Do you think back to that moment all these years? Years later, do you ever like just like find yourself like thinking back to that moment? Like I remember, like oh, I remember the first time we met, and you just you know. Oh, we bring it up all the time. Wow. And I have a monster on top of me. What's up, dude? Oh my god! Look at this little kid. But uh, yeah, and there are obviously daddy's boys. Yeah. Kind of a little one is on top. Yeah, it's yours. On top of me all the time. And, and uh, so, my, with him, he was born. And then, again, five months later, oh, you're deploying. Oh, my God. So, so luckily, well, I said luckily. So, you know, he, he, same relationship. We grew up together, you know, for the first nine months of his life on FaceTime. Jesus. <laughs> Crawl, eat, walk, and actually one of the very first times he walked in long distance is when I came home. You know, we came off the bus and on the parade field, and he walked towards me. Wow! But that was the life that we kind of we and I'm talking, I guess, in the sense about all military that deploys is that's the kind of life we live. We we hold it together as best we can through whatever resources we have. Yeah. Yep. Whether it's letters. Uh, phone calls, video, whatever we can. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. So, you know, and then my wife, 
keeps bringing up that, you know, he had him so well-trained. He was such a mama's boy. <laughs> I come home, and then I, I get this guy. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> like, sloth. I love having kids, dude. Yeah. It was, as much as I love being deployed and being, you know, that single soldier, yeah. a different life that I had, wouldn't trade it. Like, complete. I can imagine. I, I mean, I, I know that feeling of the yeah. completeness. You know what I mean? One of the things is, kind of like uh, with my daughter, so if I go anywhere in my, near my sneakers, why are you putting your shoes on? <laughs> and, you know, me and my wife talking about it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, they expect me to leave. Oh, shit. You know, yes, but my daughter was like that for years. Really? And then uh, Grace is like that because, you know, he's, he's just a little asshole. <laughs> like, he just will not let go. He's like, are we going? We're gonna start. I'm coming with you. Fine. Do they always are? Are they just always doing that now? Do they just one of them, one of them, two of them, th- all three of them, just always want to now go with you everywhere you go when you leave the house because they have those memories of you having to leave? Kendall did that for years between me and Molly. Wow. Uh, Logan did that, um, but then Grayson, yeah, he definitely had that mentality. Wow. And it's the thing with my wife because, you know, my wife is an ER nurse and she works night shift. Um, and then with the pandemic or everything, like she's on a infectious disease response team. So she wasn't even here for about three months. Wow. She was in Texas, but she wouldn't come home because she was literally dealing with COVID for months. And this was back in, you know, January, February through May. Um, where maybe we saw her three times in about three months. Wow. Um, so, you know, they were used to me leaving, but, you know, mommy's now kind of the the boss right now. Yeah. You got shit to do. So, unfortunately, I have to deal with daddy's cooking. Yeah, so. now it's yeah, daddy daycare all day, every day. Daycare's like hot dogs and mac and cheese. That's all you're getting. There you go. Bravo. Bravo! I'm all, I'm all about the I'm all about the box mac and cheese, man. That's sort of oh I I don't know what I'm gonna make you for dinner. Mommy's not home. Oh, we got this box mac and cheese. And Daddy dinner. Like you have to, you know, mommy's not home. Not coming home. She's okay. Let's talk to her. Yeah. And then you know, and then luckily he's he's young enough that you know he understands or he doesn't understand, so he just wants to go play or you know watch Elmo. For sure. And then, and then my daughter is again probably one of the strongest the girls I've ever seen in my life for everything she's been through in her life. And then, you know, now it's uh you know, now that she's in high school, freshman in high school. So I am a little harder on her. I expect more because I know of all her potential. For sure. But you know, she's at she's at the point where she's trying to find herself and everything else. Plus she's a competitive dancer, so she has a lot on her plate plus to school and this whole time I'm thinking how did my parents deal with all this crap like I played like three sports and they took me everywhere didn't miss the beat now I'm over here like running from daycare to school to the bus stop to dance like to, dance, to do all that it's it, it, it you know that's parent that's parenthood right there you know what I mean <laughs> you you think about how like how the you get Sorry, you get such an appreciation for your own parents, oh, yeah. right? Because you're like, wow, 
they did all of this shit with me. And like, the, you know, with me, I, I, my daughter is the greatest human being that's ever walked the face of the earth. I'm convinced about it. She's a fucking genius. She, I don't know where she gets it from. She's the sweetest, nicest, funniest, most entertaining, smartest human alive. There's nobody that will ever be able to tell me different. Um, and I'm like, but still like, I'm like, how did my parents deal with me? Because I definitely was not that at all whatsoever. Like she makes it so easy. Like, and it's still hard, you know, like I, I always get that appreciation for everything. I mean, you're at a different point because now you're actually like running around activities and stuff like that. Um, you made it to every soccer game, every base, like how? Yeah. And like, I did travel. Yeah. So like we were counties, different states. And, you know, there was just, and that's the kind of support that I want to have for my kids. And it's hard if you're in the military. Sure. Of course. It's hard by force night shift, you know, because, you know, there, there was times where, like, I see my wife for 20 minutes. And that's when I come home and she's getting up and then she's moving. So it's, you know, um, but we're there for the big, we're there for the soccer games or we're there for the competitions. Right. So, you know, and it's just a matter of adulting and planning. And as I said, it's much easier being deployed sometimes. For sure. Then it, and then that was one of the things that I definitely had to learn in the army is my life changes. Their life does not. Yeah. So coming it's back, great, you know. It's from, a great point. Great. And coming back to Germany, I'm by myself. I get to eat whatever I want, go to the gym whenever I want. I have my job. But then I come home, their life has not changed. Right. I have to go back into their routine. Not, you know. And it's frustrating. At first, I will tell you, it is frustrating. And it's exhausting trying to change your entire schedule or your entire, I guess, persona and back to being the dad, not not back to, you know, just being the soldier overseas. So how long how long does that take? I mean, if you can put a time frame on it, how long is that adjustment period? Because that 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 must be the actual mind fuck of it all. Going back to me trying to get you to tell me how much of a mind fuck your life is when you with deploying and everything like that. But like that that must be the the real mind fuck of, of it all is going from one extreme to the other. You know, to put it and come back. Yeah. Put away any any thought or any you know uh, routine that you had. And you have to put it away and kind of like blend into that routine. And I can tell you, it's weeks, months. Wow. Months even because, you know, they're either in the middle of school, they're in the summer. It's just, um, or, you know, wife is at one job where she's going to school. And it's, you know, one of my biggest things was I just have to be there to make sure she gets school done. Yeah. Because she did military. So I'm back here and now it's time for you to go to school. So if I need to take the kid, like, go take care of you. I will deal with the kids. They'll survive. There's water in the tap. They'll be fine. Like, and it's just, uh, yeah, putting that aside and putting your, your, I guess, putting your life aside and coming back to the life that you're supposed to have. That's, great, that, that's the hardest. Ugh, that's such a great way to put it. And... I'm not even going to go into anything else beyond that because that's such a beautiful, because it's just, a, that's such a great way to, 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 
to 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 put it and it's it's such a great metaphor for just going into parenthood in general because yeah. that's exactly what you have to do. You know what I mean? Before you're a parent, you are able to do whatever the the hell you want and then you dive into parenthood and it just completely changes everything. Now, most of us, it just never changes from that. You know, you are just, I don't know, you're, you, you are, you are a hero and a saint. Good, sir. To be a hundred percent honest. Um, man, we're just getting by like everybody else. Yeah, you see you, you humble, you humble son of a bitch. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. I mean, you knew me as a kid. I was not an easy, easy kid. I was, I was a troubled little kid. And, uh, rightfully so. And then it's it's uh, the people you surround yourself with. Yeah, it's true. You know, I really fall into a bad crowd. Yeah. Uh, and you guys, I had various different groups and various different groups because I was kind of like uh, accepting a lot. Yeah. And now it came off from my parents. Yeah. And now it's my wife is pretty much the rock. She's also the boss. Like they always say are. It, because she'll beat me if I don't. <laughs> and she's bigger than you, so... <laughs> Shit, everybody in my family is bigger than me. I feel like everybody you know is probably bigger than you. And that's, uh... You know, that's, uh... But that's the easiest way to get through anything else is just have have a rock. Yeah, for sure. And when, when she needs it, I have to be the rock. You gotta flip it and be that, yep. For sure. And then, unfortunately, this year showed it a lot. Yeah. More other years but you know it's a it, the kids are just there for me to raise and learn from every single day and it's awesome yeah they're so they're so good and luckily I have the boys cause yeah teenage girls man Ugh, dude I can't even I don't even want to get into it um dude this was really this was really awesome I Really love how you ended that, so I don't want to go into anything else. But before we do go, I yes. do ask every guest two questions. Same two questions. So I'm going to throw them your way now also. The first one is what has been your favorite – I mean you've had such a different experience than the average bear for lack of a better term, whatever the word average means. But what has been your favorite experience or favorite thing – about being a dad or, or being a dad and this fatherhood experience and journey in general? Um, and for me, as you said, I have a very different background. For me was coming to the realization and acceptance that I'm allowed to have it. God damn it, that's that deep and I love it. Showed me that I am allowed and deserving of it and deserving to be loved and deserving to love and whether it's you know adopting my daughter or it's having my kids and then and it all comes from you know you have to accept nothing's perfect but i have that a lot in my life and a lot of it was yeah you are deserving of it yeah so take it yeah you know there's nothing that people can say that bring anything down from my family. Yeah. Because it was the background. Yeah. And you are, I was, deserving of it. God, you are 100% correct. And 
That's a God, Jesus. You just keep dropping these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful gems. That's incredible. Like actually knowing you as a person, I know that you like that was always something that you struggled with in general. The fact that you've found that man is like I, I actually I actually want to cry right now because it's so beautiful and I'm so happy that you've Yeah, I'm tearing up looking at a picture of my mother right now because that that's the truth. Parenting for me was earning it and knowing that I, I deserved it and earned it. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And then I that I get to do it with. Yeah. That's so amazing, man. But yeah, for me, my, my struggle was accepting that. Yeah. So. The last yeah. que- the last question that I always ask is a little bit of a selfish one for myself so that I can learn how to do this whole thing. Uh, so I always ask, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a dad behind you in the fatherhood experience? Uh, that's That's so hard. Because, again, advice is just words. Fatherhood is just actions. Yes. Jesus Christ, the gems that you're dropping right now are incredible. (laughs) For me, it's, you know, it's the words I can say, the things I can tell my my, uh, kids about, or the experiences I could tell them about, is you need to experience it. And let's, it's about my actions. I could be a preachy dad, but no, I need to be one that acts. Yeah. It's not just me. It's actions as a family. Like my wife and I are always united front. Yeah. Even if we're still united front. Yeah. And it's actions and what our kids see. It's what the kids see us acting, us doing that is going to mold them and their perspective in life. I don't care what they see in the world, than the news, anywhere else. But what they see between the mom and the dad, because I've been in a life where there was no mom and dad, where the mom and dad was not a model that you want to follow. Right. So it's, fatherhood is about your actions. That's so good. That's really, that's a really phenomenal one. And it's very, it's, it's very, very, very true. It's very true. Jeez. Dude. This Mind you, I'm not and I've been I've been caught up, but always look behind you and those kids are staring at you. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so true. Dude, this is so fucking amazing, man. Like for real. This is this is amazing. Just crazy. Man, I so many years. I know, dude. Dude, just like listening to you like talk I was literally sitting here learning about your entire life for the you know what your entire life was for the last eight nine years whatever dude you're just you're a fucking amazing guy you're an amazing person in general I mean I always knew that and that's why like that's why like I fucked you so heavy but like you're just an amazing dude and I love this person that you've become like I just am so fucking happy to see you like this and happy and I guess the struggle was worth the reward yeah uh, it was yeah it was long but it was worth it 
It is worth it. Yeah. Dude, let's talk more. For real, for real. Let's talk more for real, for real. I miss you a lot. And this was just like a fantastic, this was just so awesome. It like made me really realize how much like I fucking miss you, man. Um, All right, dude. Have a good night. I fucking love you. All right, dude. Later. Take care. Peace. And that is all for this week's episode of Dad Hard with a podcast. As always, to connect on the fatherhood, brotherhood, shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod. Check out the website, wedadhard.com. That's all for us. Until next week, same dad hard time, same dad hard place. We're out. Peace. Before you got blazed and lost in the haze, gotta remember the good times. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your way. Care about nothing, man. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? Wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. I'm talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Oh, I was. Sprinkle.